Welcome to the Live Damn Well podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be reading a chapter from my book, the chapter on electromagnetic fields. Now, if you're listening to me right now and you're thinking, I'm going to go get you a tinfoil hat because you're crazy, then I urge you to at least stay and listen to the rest of this podcast. Look at the resources that I link out in the show notes in the description and make your own decision. In science, there is rarely a consensus, which is actually contrary to popular belief, which is that if scientists say it, then it must be true and there's no way around it, right? But that's actually not the case. There's much more controversy that goes on and the study of electromagnetic fields, bioelectromagnetics is actually a prime example of that. Before we begin, I wanna thank the show's sponsor, Hue Kitchen. All organic, dark chocolate, delicious, amazing. I can't say more good things about them. They're literally one of the best chocolate bars I've ever had. Um, they're non-GMO, organic, you know, all those crazy good health buzzwords. They have it. Cashew-filled dark chocolate, almond butter-filled dark chocolate, sea salt, raspberry-filled. It's amazing. So you'll get a discount when you click the link in the description and you use the code. Finally, please go and check out my book, Return to Human. I've worked very hard on it and I will soon be releasing a physical copy of it. I've spent even 100 more hours into it. I've reached out and been in contact with people from major scientific journals, um, and I've spent a lot of time crafting this book to make it as, as comprehensive of a resource as possible, and it's really pretty cheap, and it's pretty short. But the content that you'll get within will be way more valuable than the price that you pay for it. So please check it out on Amazon. I will leave a link in the description as well, and let's get right into it. Chapter eight, take that out of your pocket. No, 5G does not cause COVID-19. When this unfounded theory first came out, I remember experts in the field of bioelectromagnetics being extremely disappointed and frustrated. Not because they believed it to be true, of course, but rather the opposite. That baseless claim would take the focus off of the real scientific dangers of electromagnetic fields. It would also polarize those who already believed that anyone who worried about cell phones and cell towers were a bunch of tinfoil hat-wearing quacks. In other words, it made people dismiss the valid evidence that chronic EMF exposure can be harmful. Most people don't realize that humans are fundamentally electromagnetic beings. From the beating of a heart to the contraction of a muscle, we are powered by electromagnetism. Centuries ago, the electromagnetic fields, EMFs, naturally produced by animals, plants, sunlight, cosmic radiation, and the earth, were the only sources of EMFs. For millions of years, life evolved constantly exposed to these natural EMFs. The modern world paints a much different picture. Now, we are constantly bombarded by radiation from cell phones, Wi-Fi routers, power lines, and more. These man-made electromagnetic fields interfere with our body's hormones, circadian rhythms, and internal antioxidant systems. In fact, exposure to these man-made EMFs are linked to insomnia, heart palpitations, arrhythmia, ringing in the ears, anxiety, cancer, and even depression. How do we know these effects are due to our wireless devices? Aren't they proven to be safe? Let me begin by introducing you to the electromagnetic spectrum. If you've taken a basic physics class, you're probably familiar with the electromagnetic spectrum. The electromagnetic spectrum includes microwaves, radio waves, visible light, ultraviolet radiation, x-rays, and beyond. 
In high school physics class, we're taught that EMFs with the highest frequencies are the most damaging since they deliver the most energy. While this is true, it wrongly assumes that low frequency radiation, such as radio frequency radiation, or RF, and microwave radiation from cell phones, cell towers, and Wi-Fi is 100% safe. This is because RF radiation is grouped into non-ionizing radiation. Electromagnetic radiation is then divided into two main groups, ionizing and non-ionizing radiation. Ionizing radiation is defined as mid to high energy radiation, which can remove electrons from atoms directly causing DNA damage. For example, x-rays. Non-ionizing radiation, on the other hand, can be thought of as ionizing radiation's little brother. Weaker, but mischievous nonetheless. Examples of non-ionizing radiation include extremely low frequency waves, RF radiation, and microwaves from wireless devices, cell towers, and power lines. The idea that RF radiation is too weak to affect tissues is a perfect example of the limited myopic thinking which currently plagues the sciences. Thousands of studies have shown that wireless, non-ionizing radiation does indeed affect our cells and tissues. More shocking is the fact that dangers of RF and microwave radiation are not new discoveries. As of 1972, thousands of US military studies had already been published regarding the numerous biological effects of these types of radiation. Though everyone is biologically affected by electromagnetic radiation, people with something called electrical hypersensitivity, about 1-10% to of the general population, according to the World Health Organization, have much more obvious symptoms. So, if chronic cell phone radiation is such a problem, why do many government and health officials claim that it's safe? Well, first, the EMF safety guidelines are over 20 years old. When they were established, they only took into account the thermal or the heating effects. Why is that a problem? In the 1980s and 90s, many scientists, health officials, and researchers made the false assumption that heating caused by RF radiation was the only possible danger. We now know that EMFs can significantly affect human tissue and organs, regardless of heat produced by wireless radiation. According to Dr. Paul, the Professor Emeritus of Biochemistry and Basic Medical Sciences at Washington State University, there are eight major types of deleterious effects of EMFs. These effects occur irrespective of thermal or heating effects because low-intensity EMFs, quote, produce excessive intracellular calcium and excessive calcium signaling, end quote. This leads to increased free radical formation, oxidative stress, DNA damage, and inflammation. Conflicts of interest have also created confusion surrounding the effects of EMFs on health. Researchers have found that the source of funding profoundly affects the results of studies regarding mobile phone use. 64% of studies which received public or charity funding found a significant biological effect of mobile phone use. On the other hand, only 33% of studies funded by industry found it a significant effect of mobile phone use on human physiology. So in other words, the majority of studies that were done found a significant biological effect of mobile phone use when they were funded by non-industry. So when they were funded by an entity other than an industry which has a clear agenda of trying to create more technology and further develop it. 
Next, the safety limits and guidelines in the United States have not been updated to reflect our current scientific understanding and research. Why? The FCC is known as a captured agency. People formerly involved with the telecommunications industry currently hold positions in the FCC, which is an obvious conflict of interest. The telecommunications industry wants to roll out as much technology as possible, while the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, is meant to create safety standards. Therefore, former telecommunication representatives within the FCC understand that stringent regulations would be a barrier towards that goal. The telecom industry also has way too much to lose if they admit to the dangers of EMFs. Outrage, lawsuits, and monetary loss would inevitably ensue. However, certain cities in the US, as well as other countries, have put their legislative big boy pants on, passing resolutions to halt 5G, do independent testing, and educate their citizens properly about safe tech use. Thousands of scientists worldwide, independent from industry, have expressed their concerns about wireless radiation emitted from cell towers, cell phones, and Wi-Fi. The International Agency for Research on Cancer, part of the World Health Organization, concluded that EMFs at frequencies 30 kHz to 300 GHz are a Group 2B carcinogen to humans. From the Bioinitiative Report in 2012 to the multi-million dollar National Toxicology Program study and beyond, the research continues to pile on, showing clear biological effects from wireless radiation. In fact, the NTP study actually demonstrates a causal relationship between chronic wireless radiation exposure and certain cancers in animals. The carcinogenic classification of wireless radiation is currently under review and is likely to be updated to a higher level of carcinogenicity. As I mentioned earlier, Dr. Martin Paul has compiled a document of the eight major pathophysiological effects from non-thermal microwave frequency EMFs. Disruption of the nervous system and endocrine system, increased oxidative stress as well as single and double strand DNA breaks, increased apoptosis, decreased male and female fertility, excessive calcium within cells, and increased cancer promotion. To summarize, studies have demonstrated damage to the immune system via increased oxidative stress, impaired tissue repair, alteration of immune cell morphology, and adverse effects on bone marrow and white blood cells. Demyelination of neurons. The myelin, of course, is what wraps the neurons and allows action potentials, allows them to actually communicate with each other. Tumor promotion altered brain activity, damaged brain development, hyperactivity disorders in children, association, of course, I believe we don't yet have causal evidence, problems with memory, damaged brain cells, abnormally high death of brain cells is seen in neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's disease or Parkinson's disease, of course, and finally, damage to the blood-brain barrier, which makes the brain more susceptible to environmental toxins. It lets things in that shouldn't otherwise be let into the brain. If you are anything like I am, you may be ready to ditch all worldly belongings, buy a few goats and chickens, move to the countryside, and live off of the land. For most people, however, this is quite unrealistic. Technology is and will continue to be a major part of everyday life for the foreseeable future. Therefore, we must drive industry to make technology safer as well as mitigate negative effects of wireless radiation rather than renounce modern society to go live in the forest, however intriguing that might sound. 
Here are some simple steps you can take to reduce and mitigate exposure to wireless radiation. Magnesium, melatonin, and omega-3. After so much mention of magnesium, do you see why it's the number one supplement I take? Magnesium is involved with hundreds of biochemical reactions and is largely absent from the modern diet. How can this mineral specifically be helpful in mitigating the negative effects of wireless radiation? Magnesium is a natural calcium channel blocker. Remember back to Dr. Paul's research on the mechanism of action of wireless radiation? EMFs from cell phones, microwaves, and other common devices increase calcium concentrations in cells. Therefore, in our man-made EMF world, adequate magnesium consumption is critical. Another easy action you can take to reduce RF radiation exposure at night is to turn off Wi-Fi. Why? Sleep is the number one mechanism by which restoration and repair occurs in the body. As I explained in the previous chapter on sunlight, melatonin is one of the most potent antioxidants in the body. In addition to its protective effects against UV radiation, melatonin has been shown to be protective against cell phone radiation. Since wireless radiation is linked to crippled immune health with increased oxidative stress at the core, turning off the Wi-Fi at night will reduce damage to the body at the most critical time of day. Finally, researchers found that in addition to melatonin, omega-3 protects against the negative effects of cell phone radiation. Again, wild-caught sardines, mackerel, salmon, and anchovies are the ultimate superfoods in this case. They are the lowest in heavy metals and the highest in omega-3s. I personally consume omega-3s solely through food and stay away from fish oil supplements since many times they break down and oxidize by the time they get to you, rendering them kind of useless. Away from the body. The closer a cell phone is to the body, the higher the intensity of wireless radiation. Now, think about where you put your phone. The most common places are either in your bra or in your pocket. Why is that a problem? In 2017, a study found a 50 to 60% decline in sperm count in men from North America, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. In vitro and in vivo animal studies have consistently demonstrated decreased sperm count, decreased sperm motility, and damage to sperm DNA. These and many other studies reveal that wireless radiation exposure played a major role in decreased fertility. For women with no history of cancer, an association between prolonged cell phone use and breast cancer has been shown. Clusters of tumors were shown to be present directly where the phone was in direct contact with the skin. There are plenty of other effects from prolonged cell phone radiation, including effects on growth, pubertal development, pregnancy, and more. The safety tests conducted by U.S. regulatory agencies are not only more than 20 years outdated, they also do not test a phone as it is really used. Phones are tested for safety at a distance, rather than in close proximity to the body. Therefore, they easily pass the safety standards, which we know are already inadequate. That being said, there is one simple step you can take to reduce the negative effects of wireless radiation. Keep the phone away from your body, as radiation exponentially decreases as distance increases. If this is not possible, turn it off or put it in airplane mode when it is near your body. Next, use speakerphone or wired earbuds when calling. Refrain from putting a cell phone next to the head as much as you possibly can. Use Ethernet. Making the switch from wireless connection to wired connection can seem like an unnecessary bother to the average unaware person. However, if you're still reading, you are no such person. 
Using a wired connection will radically reduce your exposure to wireless radiation. This is especially important if your health is not optimal, your job requires constant cell phone computer usage, and if you do not engage in self-care habits in order to mitigate the harmful effects of electromagnetic fields. Measure radiation in your home. Measuring the radiation in your home is the best way to determine which rooms most expose you to wireless radiation. After measuring, you can then decide what to do. Move to another room in the house, change the location of the Wi-Fi router, turn off power to the house at night, use EMF-proof fabric, EMF-proof paint, and so on. To get a professional evaluation of your home, consider hiring a building biologist. Take action locally. No amount of healthy superfoods and supplements will outrun an unhealthy environment. 5G threatens to make this point clear as day. This untested technology is being rolled out in backyards, feet from people's front doors, in playgrounds, and schools. Take action locally by visiting the Environmental Health Trust website. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that chapter. I know it was chock full of a bunch of information, but I really do think it's been my, my purpose starting this book, starting this podcast to, as much as it hurts me, to really be comprehensive, to really be as unbiased as I possibly can. And that means at some point giving you more information than you think you might need because that's how much information I need. I, I can't, I seem to not be able to take statements as at face value unless I know three to four times more than I'm going to say. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that it's helpful to you. You can start incorporating some of these habits into your life to hopefully make life a little better. Please, as always, share this episode if you find it helpful and leave me a review on iTunes. I would be happy to know what you think about it as long as you leave me a five-star review. Thank you for listening and see you in the next one.